someone emailed me last night and was like, "What? How do I get into a writer's room?" Okay. And I was like, "If you're starting off now, just it'll be probably on average if you really want to get into that writer's room, specific one. You, I'd say it's probably gonna be eight, eight to ten years. Eight to ten years of submitting. No, eight to ten years of sharpening and honing your voice, and then maybe you you could get that job. And you're honing." You're honing your voice in order to write a specific type of joke? No, in order to write any type of joke. You need a voice to write any type of joke, you think? you got to sharpen your own sense to write anybody else's. Oh, right? Really? Yeah, because it's like, it's like well, if you had a horse that was a bad horse and you had to learn to ride that bad horse, uh-huh. then you can ride any horse because you already trained that bad horse how to ride. Welcome to the Underground Comedy Podcast with Sean Joyce. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com. Hey, thanks for checking us out. This weekend, Shang Wang is going to be here. He's uh, headlining Big Hunt. Shang's a very funny comic from Los Angeles. He was just on Two Dope Queens on HBO. And uh, I think his shows are going to be real good. You can get tickets to them at undergroundcomedydc.com. Our guest today is Joe Firestone. I talked with Joe at Big Hunt just before one of her shows, so there's plenty of Big Hunt noises in the background, but hopefully it's not too distracting. It was exciting to talk to Joe. She's done a ton of stuff in a short period of time. She wrote for and acted in a show called Joe Parra Talks to You on Adult Swim, which you can still see on demand. She's also written for and performed on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. She hosts several shows in New York City and just released her debut comedy album, The Hits. Here's our talk. The bummer about doing it at Big Hunt is like the fucking constant creaking floors. It's kind of like uh, UCB Chelsea, like w- what it used to be. Yeah, is that real? Is that right? I don't know. This was under a grocery store. Oh. And so there was like all these like shopping it, carts. Well, it, it was more like pipes and like leaking things, and oh, we got pipes and leaking. Things. Yeah. So it, like, but during during your set, you could tell if you were doing bad or not, if you could hear oh, yeah. like the rush of water coming <laughs> yeah, through definitely. the ceiling. I, w- I was really nervous um, to do this late night set because I, the, like, uh, like it was, I was nervous for the big band music. What do you mean? Okay, so like... At the, at the, oh, at the, oh, oh, on TV you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I was so nervous that that was going to be like the thing that really got me it threw you off would throw me off because i was like you can't live up to that fanfare of like the big music oh really that's interesting you know like it's like maybe if i had like a big booming voice I'd i feel never it, but, even thought of that but apparently you can't hear it you can't hear it you can't hear it when you when you did it anyone you can't hear it why can't you from your perspective and the audience clapping you can't hear the music that's crazy yeah Wow, that's very strange. So if you're ever going to do a late night set and you're worried about the (laughs) fanfare, you you don't need to worry about it. There's nothing. It all cancels it out. I think that I wouldn't worry about that aspect of it just because it's there for everyone. Everyone does late night sets with that, right? Right. You wouldn't. So then. What part would freak you out? The thing I would be worried about is just being uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable because it's a completely, you know, unusual environment. Yeah. And also the kind of unnatural audience response. Oh, well, yeah, that's another thing is that they clap. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to wait for them. But it also, um, 
it's also I feel like they laugh differently than they do at a regular comedy show. Did you feel that way? Yeah. Yours was uh, even tougher because you were doing a little bit of audience interaction. Yeah, that was that was a it was a wild choice. And I would suggest not to do crowd work. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I never would. I never would have done that to begin with. Uh-huh. I, I'm always trying to like m- make it as easy as possible. Minimize like I don't. I try not to take chances on anything. Really? Yeah. But don't you get bored? I yeah, I do get bored. But like I get so bored. That's like why I do some of the stuff that I think is truly self-sabotaging. Yeah. But just because I get so bored saying the same thing over and over again that at least I know like I could fail because of another reason than besides my own dumb is it, jokes. Is it because does it have to do with failure as much as boredom? Like I think that it's like a way to like I think it keeps my brain like sharp. Yeah. Sharper than it would be. And then it also is like a way to be like well, maybe this could this could go in any direction. It yeah. could fail. I mean, it definitely makes it more interesting. But and it, I, yeah, it makes I, it definitely hard. I think you can make it much easier for yourself. When when you are are doing the more experimental type of stuff, and even like in a regular show, when you're you're kind of asking them questions at the beginning of your jokes, some people will ask those kind of broad questions. Has anybody ever done this? Um, they're not really looking for a response. They'll just kind of say that and then they'll go into their joke or maybe somebody will, people will clap and then they'll go into right. your joke. But you actually want a little bit of interaction yeah. and you do, you do want to hear a little bit. But I don't think people are used to that. No, I they're think, not used to it. No, I think no. It's, it's maybe making, it's, I think it's not the wor- best convention to break it because it really is like what, uh, it takes people off guard in a way that I don't think helps my cause. I, I think I truly do stand up the wrong way, but I don't really have any interest in doing it the right way. Like you, like Gary Goleman, you know, his Twitter sure. tips? Of course, yeah, yeah. Which are so great. Yeah. And it's like, I understand that those are all the steps you need to make an excellent stand-up set. Right, right. And I, I just, I don't think that I can do that. I, I just don't think my brain works like yeah. that. Yeah. It's interesting because, like, it's so hard early on when you are thrown into all these different environments. You don't really have, like, a lot of control over, like, exactly how the rooms are going to be set up or what the crowds are going to be like. You kind of have to, like, take whatever you can get. Yeah. Um, And then later on, if you become successful, then you you get to have your own crowd and you get to kind of really play in places that you want to. And it gives you the freedom to do that but the comics who are unconventional to start how how they get through the yeah. early part is i, I think that's a real mystery to me it's a mystery to me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh but it seems to be going well for you i don't know last night i heard a woman in the front row go she's so awkward and <laughs> I, I didn't <laughs> that was, it was so loud and were you it, tempted to comment on that i guess but then i was like i don't really want to get into why she thinks i'm awkward because i don't feel awkward and so like i've been doing these jokes for like seven times that yeah. week so it's like i mean I, I mean, think that's like a buzzword where it's like, oh my gosh, Broad City is so awkward. You yeah, know, I yeah, think it's yeah. like people just use it for that's, lack of another word. That's true. I want to talk about what I want to ask what to do. What to this do? Is a, well, this is a problem I have a lot and I wanted to field, field it. Okay. Okay. So I don't 
do very well staying up late at night. I really shouldn't be out at night at all. Okay. I, I find myself not ready to be around people starting at 9.30. Okay. But the shows I do are after 9.30 a lot of the times. Yeah. So I do this thing where I, I don't, I'm at a bar, usually about to do a show, and I don't know what to consume to keep going. Uh-huh. So I'm wondering what, because wow. sometimes I'll do a coffee and coffee makes me too jumpy okay. and then I just end up having the, and then I don't, okay. I feel sick and even more tired. So I'm wondering what to do. Well, I think uh, that it's a difficult situation to be in, especially if coffee has, if you have like a bad reaction yeah. to coffee. What do you do? I personally am generally very tired. Yeah. And I uh, don't have a lot of energy and it's hard for me to talk to people most of the time. Okay. I generally don't want to talk to people. Um, and uh, but well, yeah, what I do is I just drink tons of coffee um, uh. or I'll drink Red Bull. What if you're at a bar? Well, I'll drink alcohol also. But what alcohol can you drink that won't make you more sleepy? When I drink alcohol, it makes me wound up. Oh, come on. You're blessed. You're a blessed yeah. human. Yeah. I mean, also, like, I can just drink unlimited black coffee. Like, Oh, my God. Like, I'll, usually, I'll wake up. When I wake up, I'll, I'll just start drinking black coffee immediately. And then I won't eat anything until the afternoon. Oh, my God. So I'll just drink black coffee throughout the whole early, you know, through the late morning and early afternoon. And then I'll, and then I'll eat a couple of turkey sandwiches. A couple. And I need two turkey sandwiches. <laughs> and uh, then uh, if it's a weekday, I will stop drinking coffee at five. And if it's a week, uh, like if it's Friday or Saturday, I'll just drink coffee straight up until I leave. Oh, my god! To go to the show. So you just had a cup of coffee. I just had coffee. Um, and I'm going to start drinking alcohol now. Mm. To If I didn't have to perform, I might not drink alcohol. But alcohol um, helps you. I don't even think I can perform without drinking alcohol. Really? Yeah, I'm so uncomfortable on stage. Yeah, it's very. Yeah. I I feel very uncomfortable on stage, um, especially to host and like do crowd work, is 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 even harder than telling jokes because you. What is it? Um. Is it the idea that people are looking at you, or what? What is it? Because for me, it is the people are looking at me, and that's what I think I could perform if it was like dark. If really? it was dark, I would be having a ball. So you could be a radio personality. Sure. But it's like, even if I know they're there, yeah. that's fine. But the idea that like they're looking at me. you, you Like could... Jacqueline Novak has that joke where she goes on stage and she's like, she spins around and she's like, okay, I'll give you a minute to take in my physical form. Yeah. And like, that's exactly what it feels like to be like, I don't know about any stand, but definitely a woman stand up where yeah. you're like, uh, this is like, part of this is like, asking like part is unfortunately like is this person fuckable and it's horrible but that oh, really? is like you, it feels like that you think about that when you go on stage it does feel like that and wow. i and i don't have any desire to be fuckable or f fuck any of it but it does feel like that's an aspect of it for women i've never thought that a single time doing comedy really no have you had um chuckle fuckers you're married but have you had people i've been uh I've was in, I've been in a relationship almost the entire time that I've been doing stand up. Uh, but have you had audience members come up to you afterwards? Yeah, more so like in the past. I don't. I think maybe, like, w not not really here as much, but 
before I was like running shows here, maybe, maybe, maybe like a, every once in a while, people like girls would come up, but I, being in a relationship, like I, it doesn't really like particularly interest me, obviously like flirting yeah. with girls. So, um, and, and like generally, you know, they're not interested in conversations or anything I really want to like participate in. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I would say it's it really hasn't been much of a thing for me to deal with and i certainly have never thought about whether or not the audience thought i was attractive or not that's that's a really good thing but so what makes you uncomfortable i'm just i mean i'm just uncomfortable speaking in front of people <laughs> like you know uncomfortable like if i had to give a presentation in class you know just getting up in, in public speaking is just uh difficult for me it is well it, i find it's more it's more difficult to have c actual information when i'm just doing jokes it's much easier but if i were to do a presentation i would also freak out i'm more comfortable the opposite oh really yeah because if i'm just like explaining information then it's pretty low stakes because i'm just telling you stuff and you're just taking it in. But when I'm up there with an expectation of um, I'm supposed to be entertaining you, <laughs> yeah. well, that's, you know, then I really, you also like, people are like, well, we're sitting here like giving you our attention. And like, why do you deserve our attention? I mean, I think about that and I think, well, I, you know, I have to do it properly. That's, I don't, you know what I think also, but I think that most audience members don't go in with that attitude. No, I think they don't either. I think that's more of a comic attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that most audience members are just like, can can I get drunk and have fun? I my real, I mean, I really look at stand up as. I've written a series of jokes, and I want people to laugh a certain amount at each part. Yeah. And I'm just trying to, get the exact laugh I want on each part, and yeah. each. And every time I do stand up, like that's all I'm trying to accomplish. And if I start off a show and it, I get big laughs on like the f three parts of my first joke, then I'm like, now I'm trying to have a perfect set. My goal now is to say every word perfectly and get a perfect laugh every time until I'm done. That's so hard. It, it well, it is, yeah. But I say I say the same word every same words every single time. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, and I and like I do my jokes in the same order every time. Really? And I just add in jokes in the middle if to make the set longer. But I always start with the same thing, end with the same thing. Whoa. Which is that's not great though. Well, don't creativity wise, who, isn't it? Didn't Louis say to start with the? Yeah, he did say, yeah, moving his closer to the beginning to force yeah, yourself to I find mean, a, d a new closer. I don't think we need to listen to him. I think we yeah, can yeah. just do what we're That's doing. That's a lot of pressure off now. Yeah. You don't have to yeah. do so m get so much material <laughs> and uh, try so hard anymore <laughs> now, now that he's been, uh, you know, whatever. Do you want your uh, performance to be a certain way? Better. I want, want it to be better. And, like, yeah. so are you, do you feel, like, determined to kind of overcome the challenges that you have on stage so that you can I guess perform the way that you want to maybe I guess I, I mean I, I really don't know if I'm like I think that uh, I don't think I'm necessarily like the be best like st like person for stand-up I yeah. think that maybe I I know that I'm supposed to do, I know I'm supposed to do something with comedy, but I don't really I'm still kind of figuring out what that is. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. Yeah, I feel like I'm OK at stand up, but I feel like I'm probably a lot better at other things. 
than stand up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just, I think the thing that I realized with stand up is it really helps if you have, if you just have to talk all the time. Yeah. And I really don't have to talk all the time. Yeah. Like, I think I could go days not speaking a word. And I, I do go days. Yeah, it's right. And it's kind of weird to want to do stand up where it's like maybe you have funny ideas or you have an ability to write jokes or yeah. you're interested in making people feel good. Right. But it is weird to do a profession where you're constantly talking when you might not have that much yeah, to say, yeah. you know? Do you do it to make people feel good? I, that's why I started it. And really? I think uh, initially it was like I was doing different. I didn't really do stand up. I was doing like these concept shows. Okay. And that. Um, Where did you do them? In Brooklyn and St. Louis. And okay. then I think that maybe stand up was a little bit more portable and a little bit more easier to execute and um, mm -hmm. like still have the same kind of like you have ideas and you talk about them. What were but the concept shows like? Um, like I started this pun competition and I started this like dating game show. So that was before stand up. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, or like right around the same time, but mm -hmm. I was like just trying to f throw things at a wall and see what stuck. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, yeah it, it is weird. Like I see some people and I'm like, those people are meant to do stand up. Yeah. They have to. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I, I wonder if maybe something else. Well, how did you feel doing the podcast and radio show? I, I like doing that, but even then, like, if, if, like, before, I had a co-host, I have a co-host now, yeah. Manolo, but before Manolo came, mm -hmm. I was, I, he didn't start with me, yeah. and so, like, I had, a f like, maybe four episodes where I was by myself, Okay. and I was like, what do I talk about? I don't know, I don't yeah. have any, like, I think because I have so many blockers, and my brain was like, don't say that, don't say yeah, that, don't yeah, say yeah, that, yeah, yeah. where it's like, oh, I, I don't really know anything else yeah i feel the same way it seems yeah. like i've i listened to a little bit of it and it seemed like um you guys were good you guys play off each other well and but it helps that just to play off somebody yeah right but it is and you do that in your stand-up also yeah you kind of need need the straight <laughs> need man somebody so else, that yeah. you can kind of uh have the contrast on stage yeah anybody but it is <laughs> it is like it's it's like fun to write and fun to like uh -huh. perform to like act and stuff but it is just a weird thing where it's like stand up uh, it it makes you question a lot because you're yourself and you're on stage and yeah it is a weird it art does form. it certainly makes you question a lot yeah doing it yeah because you're left with uh just your own feelings afterwards especially yeah, yeah even if somebody's like i remember one time someone was i'd like bombed and somebody was like good show and i was like yeah are you being sarcastic? And I was like, what is going on? Why am I snapping at somebody that, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, it was like, just like deteriorating. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Cause it's also like those people don't, they don't give a shit that you just bombed. Right. Like, yeah, no, they don't care at all. And uh, people like, even if you're not getting big laughs, especially the kind of like the, the kind of performance that you have, but I think anybody that's doing I, what I would say, like, interesting jokes as opposed to maybe like crowd pleasing jokes that are more more predictable types of jokes but people that are doing interesting jokes even if the crowd isn't laughing a ton there are definitely there's a certain percentage of that audience that is sitting there quietly really enjoying it yeah and that's what's crazy is that comedians hate them but yeah. they're being very nice you know and it's it and they, they might love it the most but they're yeah they and they also i find they tend to appreciate the jokes that you like the most 
you know, that yeah. that aren't. I mean, I'm sure you have like lots of jokes that you think are great that just no one ever laughs at. And then, you know, you got to kind of like get rid of them. I have a bunch of those jokes and people will come up to me and they're, they're like, oh, why don't you ever do this joke anymore? That joke yeah. is so funny. And I'm like, because no one laughs at it. Do you remember yeah. how no one laughed <laughs> when I said it? That's why I don't do it anymore. Yeah. Do you know Drew Michael? Yeah, of course. So Drew Michael had this joke about how his mom wanted to fuck him. Yeah. And I saw it maybe four times and it was like I laughed so hard. I thought it was so funny. Yeah. And he he I was like, do that more. And he's yeah. like, I can't. And I was like, you have to. Like it's so funny. But then it's also like, if it made him feel bad to do it because right. people weren't giving the response. Yeah, I mean, every but I it's think, such a funny joke. Why? Well, I, I but think it is a weird thing to sell I, to people. I think it's also tough to decide, you know, what stand up is supposed to be. Like, is it supposed to be? getting you know the most laughs you can get because it's clearly a balance between Mm -hmm. being interesting and like getting big laughs Mm -hmm. for a lot of people and uh i don't i don't know the answer to what the right balance is yeah i i mean i think it's kind of your own personal yeah it's kind of just what you're what you're dealt yeah right because it's like you can shape everything you want but it's still coming out of your mouth and it's still like you're face and body and you you know do you have but do you you have jokes that you that you like a lot personally that you don't do because they don't work the way you want them to uh i think usually if they don't work a couple times i start to not like them really? <laughs> so much really yeah. you lose you lose belief yeah. in them yes. oh that's that's interesting i mean i i've got lots of jokes that i think are they're great i think that's really good i think you need that and but you, they they don't work it, though but that's a really good thing. That uh, that that means you. That's uh, a good thing. I guess. I guess so. Yes, <laughs> I, guess I think so. so. I don't know what. I don't know what use it is. Um, maybe it could be, you know, used somewhere else for something else. Um, like those ideas could be incorporated into something else. I also just feel like as a comedian, you're always going to have so much rejection, and it is just like, if anyone's going to like your dumb jokes, like you might as well like them. You know, yeah, like right. it's just like otherwise, it's like what. It, yeah, well, I mean, if you, you hate all of for? your once you hate all of your jokes, which also happens a yes. lot to people, um, and you know, definitely, I've gone through periods where I've hated almost all of my jokes. Yes, um, yes, yes, me too. And it just—I uh, think it's just, that's just part of it, you know. You yeah. Just gotta. So you wrote on Joe Perez's show. Yeah. And you were also a co-producer. It's true. And you acted in it. It's true. So you did lots of stuff. Were you involved in that show before it was being made? What do you mean? In the when you were when it was being pitched? No. Okay. No. So you got hired once they decided to make it. Yeah. I I think I helped. I helped a little bit with the um, Christmas. I just read it a couple times and talked okay. with him about it, but I didn't really officially help on the Christmas special. And I have no idea what it means but what what does it mean to be a co-producer i think it means that your agent uh said that you can be a co-producer okay so (laughs) but also i think there's a lot of a lot of times co-producer if you are working for a low budget show a lot of times co-producer means writer oh okay but it's just because they can't pay were there a lot of writers on that show no no but but i'm saying like for a non-union show Uh they'll say co-producer okay and then this was a union show. 
I see. But for a non-union show, you could be listed as co-producer. And that, and if there's no writers listed, probably means that some of those co-producers are writers. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Yeah. And uh, how was that experience for you? It was fun. It was fun to work with your friends and stuff. Did you like, how did you like acting? Uh, yeah, it was like a new, I never acted that much. I'd like have little bit parts, yeah. but never in that many episodes. So it was cool. And what about writing? Writing is, it's an interesting process. It's like a, you, it's kind of the same thing where it's like, do you like your jokes? Like, if you like your jokes, you'll probably like what you're putting out there and it doesn't really matter whether it's like gets on the show or not, yeah. then you'll feel good about contributing. Yes, yeah. And I think that's why it's like so important that like if you're a stand-up, like to like your jokes. Because yeah. in the writer's room, not all of your ideas are going to get through. Right. So it's might as well have a little bit of belief in yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I watched, I've watched like half of the episodes of that show. And the thing that I related to the most was the trying to get the perfect bite of breakfast sandwich. <laughs> yeah. But also getting mad about it, getting yeah. messed up because I, I, I honestly do that. That's great. My brother does that too. <laughs> I get frustrated when I get frustrated when the egg breaks in the pan and then the yolk cooks <laughs> and then I just throw it away and I just make you another one. Whoa. You really don't like that. It's like it, it tastes fine, you know, Yeah. but it's like I wanted it to be perfect yeah and when it is messed up I, it, it frustrates me or like, and so i try to time the toast and the egg wow and the and then bacon i that's what i do toast toast bacon egg uh which is a different than what was on that show but <laughs> but it's the exact same thought process of trying to make a perfect bite yeah um which also i think that that your soup joke is very funny that's oh, the same is. bite each time. It is the same bite each I, time. I don't like soup for that reason. Oh, yeah. But you but you like soup for that reason. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or yeah. maybe not for that reason. But no, I like do. Soup. I really like it. Soup I, is I, too much liquid for me. I love it. I think it's a really good food. I try to eat it almost once a day. Once a day? Yeah. Even in the summer? Do you eat, do you eat yeah. cold soup? Yeah, I love it. I love all. I really love all soup. That's great. It's kind of sick, but I do love it. I like uh, I like sandwiches the most. I just try, I eat sandwiches every day. But I just talked to somebody who lives in Washington D.C. Mm -hmm. who also eats sandwiches every day and also loves sandwiches. Which no offense, but it's like what? Like, okay, maybe do you love actually love mayonnaise? I love mayonnaise. Yes. Okay, so I think it's that you love mayonnaise. I don't think the sandwiches. I think it's mayonnaise. But if I were to eat, like, say, like a chicken breast and like cheese and mayonnaise, I would be unsatisfied. Sure. You need something to buffer it. But I do think it is the mayonnaise. When people say they love sandwiches, they love. I get really mad when food, when people try to remove bread from food, like like lettuce wraps. Yeah. Burrito bowls. You don't want that. I like tortillas. Sure. I like buns. You know, sure. that's what maybe my favorite part. I like, no. I mean, I like toast, you know? Yeah, no, I understand. I like, uh, I like bagels, you know, like, yeah. I'm very, I'm very pro bread, you know? Yeah. I like a nice giant crouton, <laughs> you know? Isn't there a bagel place around here? Yeah. What's it called? Bullfrog Bagel, I think. Is that what it is? I think, yeah. It's up the street on Connecticut. It's good? 
that's they say it's good yeah people You've like never it been. no i have been yeah yeah i just uh i guess i should i don't have real strong opinions on it oh on a, on like various bagels i just like it any any bagel i'm happy to eat really whoa like you yeah. should come to new york and have a blast yeah there's so many bad bagels there but you wouldn't know you just have well, there's nice a lot time. of bad sandwiches here there's a there's like a real lack of good sandwiches there's only like maybe two places that are decent for like real sandwiches really yeah so it's a real bummer but i know how to make my own so that's good that's important yeah yeah that's really important what else should we talk about? Mm. Mm. Do you feel better now that you have a little, have some drink? Yeah. I mean, I felt, I was feeling okay before, but. But now you feel good. I always just feel better and better the more I drink. Yeah. But I don't, I don't have the like, uh, personality of like wanting to drink more and more. Once right. I start, once like I notice any like, the beginning of a slur or like oh it's so bad it's so bad i'll stop drinking immediately it's like so embarrassing yeah even in real and even in it like at a party i don't want to slur oh it's so embarrassing yeah it's very embarrassing so as soon as i like notice any negative impact from it i'll stop drinking but up to that point i love it you know (laughs) it really uh do you drink much i will have like two drinks a week two drinks a week and what about do you do other drugs no no. Do you, have you ever? I used to smoke pot. Yeah. And now I stopped doing that. I need to stop doing that. It's, um, um, I think it just takes one bad time, and I hope it doesn't happen for you, but if it does, then you'll stop. Oh, you had a bad pot experience? Well, I just, um, I got too anxious for pot. Oh, okay. You know, when you get too anxious for pot, that the pot doesn't calm you down. It yeah. just joins the party. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing that thing where I got it, like two drinks at every comedy show I did. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like hungover every day. Oh, really? Yeah. If you do two comedy shows in a night, four drinks in a night, then you go to work next day. That's crazy. When I started doing stand-up, I was so uncomfortable on stage that I would drink until I was comfortable. And so then I drank that amount every single night for like three years. Uh until I started getting to the once I got to the point where I started getting comfortable on stage, then uh, then I didn't need to drink as much. And so then I was able to like start drinking like two drinks a night only. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, now I, I don't drink that much, but it's um, it is tricky because they do. It does make you feel a little bit more like one drink will can make you feel a little bit. Just feel, easier. Yeah, I'm ready to. I'm ready to chat. Let's <laughs> talk. You know, it really. I didn't drink when I was in college. Me neither. Oh, really? Yeah. How? When did you start drinking? When I was like 23. I started drinking when I was 28. Whoa. Which is like really long time and like just crazy uh, thing to do. Whoa. And. Uh, Why did you start drinking at 28? Well, I realized that I would made a huge mistake in <laughs> in not drinking. And uh, I had, like, I would wanted to, like, in the back of my mind, you know, I started questioning the decision probably when I was, like, 25 or 26. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but then nobody wanted me. Everybody was like, you shouldn't drink. You, it's good that you don't drink. Like, you're already kind of a jerk. Like, you'll just be more <laughs> of a jerk, like, if you drink. And uh, eventually, you know, I was just like, oh, I'm going to do it. 
and like I was also like in a relationship I was living with with a girl she didn't want me to drink but we broke up and then when we broke up I was like okay I'm gonna drink now Whoa. and uh, so I drank and immediately you know it made me nicer and I was like more Whoa. fun and I was like I could have been fucking fun <laughs> this whole time man like my sister's like so lovable and like she drinks and you know just everybody likes being around her and you know i was like sober and a bummer <laughs> the whole time and the thing is if i had just been drinking i, I would have been just like like her you know we would have been the wow. same we could have been like a team but instead she got to be the star Dang. and i had to just be a bummer and now you're twin stars well, no, now she's an accountant and uh, now now I'm a star. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But she's probably, she probably is a much more natural comedian, I think, than me. Really? Yeah, because she's, she's a little bit more outgoing and a sillier, much hmm. sillier person than I am. And uh, I think that that's best for comedy. I like silliness. In oh, comedy. yeah, it's a, it's a good thing. It's a real good thing. How do you like your live show? My live show. Butterboy. Butterboy. Oh, it's a blast. And you're just, are you just the host of that or do you have more responsibilities? No, nothing. Just co-host. Not even full host. Yeah, yeah. I just can, I can not say a word the whole show. And you. I can just make faces reacting to Maeve Higgins. I can say yes after a partner in Sherla says something funny. It's a great job. Yeah. That Recommend is, it. That is kind of perfect for the you. Co-host is really who. That's where it's at. That's why you do comedy to be a co-host. Is that is that your favorite thing? What's your favorite thing that you do? Mm, yeah, I don't know. I really like to do puzzles at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty nice. Bring a friend over. Don't talk to them for six hours. You guys focus on this puzzle. My wife was, she wanted to do a puzzle at Christmas, I think. Yeah. And she, well, we were visiting her parents. She was like, let's do a puzzle. We're going to do a puzzle. And I'm like, well, I guess. Okay. Why? I don't yeah. know why we're going to do Pretend. this. And I got obsessed with yes, it. Yes, you did. Of yeah. Of course you did. I loved it. Nobody doesn't. It was so fun. It's the best thing to do. And then we got a... 2000 piece puzzle no you did too oh you did too deep we did it man I, oh really i, I couldn't stop <gasps> i can't stop 2000 i never done anything more than i don't think i've even done a thousand i the thing is is that it was just on our kitchen table and just i couldn't go into the kitchen without looking at it and whoa. once i looked at it i just wanted it to be complete whoa and i i would just do it for i did it for maybe two entire days oh my gosh it's so great. I think it's better than weed in a lot of ways. It I, achieves the same thing as weed. I get obsessed with like whatever, like whatever I'm doing, I, I get really locked into it and I have a trouble tearing myself away from it. Really? Yeah. So I kind of have to be careful about what I do. Like I don't play video games because I would just spend all my time playing video games. I if just I got that. a video game system. What'd you get? I got Nintendo Classic. Oh, the r okay. The one. What games do you play? It, well, it comes with 30 games. Oh, what's your favorite? Pretty sweet. I don't know yet. I haven't opened it. Did you? Oh, okay. Did you <laughs> play Nintendo when you were growing up? Yeah, but I'm pretty excited about it. Um, my friend Ashley Brooke Roberts, she had it, and she was really into Dr. Mario, and I was like, Dr. Mario, I remember that. Yeah, I barely so played that. She was. She kind of turned me on to the idea, so I bought, went to Best Buy, and I bought it, sponsored by Best Buy. Yeah, you really treated yourself. Yeah, well, it's not so expensive. It's pretty reasonable yeah, for a gaming system. Yeah, I'm sure. I think it's like... If you get an extra controller and an extension pack, woo, you're at 73 bucks. Very reasonable. Not bad. Yeah, no, you can handle that. You can spend all kinds of time, you know? Yeah. 
definitely. Yeah. Do you usually go out with like a closing, um, and this is what we learned? No, do you think I should incorporate that? I'm open to suggestions mm. on, you know, what the podcast should be. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you were listening to a podcast on stand-up, like what would you want it to leave you with? What would you tell a young person oh, who that's is a good one. Yes, yes, in yes, stand-up, yes. what would you tell them? Um, I would tell... Th- someone emailed me last night and was like, "What? Do, how do I get into a writer's room? Okay. And I was like, okay, here's what I think... Um, I just told them that if you're starting off now, just it'll be probably on average if you really want to get into that writer's room specific one you i'd say it's probably gonna be eight eight to ten years eight to ten years of submitting no eight to ten years of sharpening and honing your voice and then maybe you you could get that job and you're honing you're honing your voice in order to write a specific type of joke no in order to write any type of joke you need a voice to write any type of joke you think you got to sharpen your own sense to write anybody else's oh right Really? Because yeah. it's like, it's like well, if you had a horse that was a bad horse and you had to learn to ride that bad horse, uh-huh. then you can ride any horse because you already trained that bad horse how to ride. So you're the bad horse. No, your jokes are the your bad horse. Your jokes are the bad horse. Yeah, okay. you're the equestrian. Oh, you're the, okay, I yeah. got it. And uh, how did, so you wrote for Fallon? Yeah. And how long did you do that? Year and a half. Did you like doing that? Yeah, it was kind of a, it's kind of a, so fast you have to come up with a show every night yeah but it's like if if you don't feel good about your jokes going back if you don't feel good about your jokes to begin with you don't feel good about your voice to begin with then when somebody when your boss is like this these jokes are bad do it again you're gonna be like i can't do anything i'm done whereas if you feel good about your jokes you're like okay i got more in me right right was it hard to get that job though Sure. Yeah, it was like a long time of doing. Did you did you submit packets? Like, uh, was that the way that you got in there, or did I you get recommended by someone? I submitted a packet, and I and I worked for the guy that was the sketch supervisor. I worked for him for his pilot. Okay. And so he had hired me for a previous job, and then I guess he knew that I could possibly do this job as well. And you didn't, did you write monologue jokes? No, 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 no. I did sketch department. Okay. And how, yeah. was there a sketch every night? Yeah, pretty much something like that. And were you in them sometimes? Sometimes. Yeah. That's yeah, but cool. that was also because that guy, he kind of boosted me up. He was very nice about that. His name's Arthur Meyer. He's pretty great. You nice. should check him out. Yeah. Um, is he do so, what, does he do other stuff? He used to do a lot more sketch performing, but now I think he's more involved in the show. But um, you can see him around. You can see him. If you really looked, you could see him around. Okay. Yeah. I just saw him on the train on the way here. Oh, really? Yeah. Where Was he coming down here No, also? no. I saw him on the F train oh, oh, before I got oh, to the yeah, C yeah, train yeah. to the, yep, Did to the uh, Amtrak. I'm not saying where I live, but I am saying those are the trains I took. Right. Do you, have, do you have advice for bookers? Bookers. Oh. Uh, what's that? What do you think we should say? I don't know. It's a little tricky since you still have to deal with bookers a lot, probably. What? I don't know. I mean, I guess. You what know what I really like? Oh, you know what, what I really like? What are the really things like? yeah, you like and what this don't you really like? This is really great. I learned this pretty early on. 
and when I've booked shows and stuff, uh-huh. this is pretty great. Okay. When somebody cancels, uh-huh. you just say, okay, cool. No big deal. Oh, yeah. It's like the best. Yeah, yeah. Because then you don't get, like, you don't get someone else mad. They're probably not wanting to cancel. Sure. Something came up. Yeah. And it's like, I learned pretty early on when I, like, had to cancel a show and someone was cool about it. I yeah. was like, that's the best. It's so nice. Because right. it's like, then you'll probably come back there someday or whatever. Sure. And then it's also, like, makes everybody feel good. Right. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's true. That's good. What else? That's... What, oh, what don't you like? Oh, I really also like... I really like when... Um, when uh, there's a there's like f- uh, food you like food yeah <laughs> are, th- are there things that comedians do that you don't like no I I love all comedians love and all of their behavior <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> actually comedians are in my mind perfect and uh, good you like comedians <laughs> no I mean they're fine I think there's there's it's all l- kinds it's of comedians it's gotta be love hate with comedians yeah and there's all kinds and yeah there sometimes are so many s- different some yeah. are you get along with it, some you're like what we don't we're not supposed to be in the same room and I mean it's just like co-workers though yeah the horses a- have arrived I know with that- their jokes <laughs> This is the d- this is the downside to doing it here. That's okay. It gives um, it flavor. Yeah, I guess. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out what people think. Oy, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that there's still a distinction between like uh, alt comedy and club comedy? Uh, well, I think that alt comedy. I think that there are people doing standard jokes in alt comedy, and I think there are not a lot of people in standard clubs doing alt comedy yeah right so i think it's like there's more of a blend in alt scenes yeah. and there's less of a blend in clubs i felt like there was like i felt like there's a few years where it was kind of the distinction was going away a little bit yeah and there was a little bit more alt comedy in regular clubs yeah. and kind of what you would think of as club comics were going to more alt shows and and yeah. kind of working on jokes there and now I feel like I it's getting separated again. I would agree. It's it, yes, it used to be a little bit more blended and now I think it's less. Yeah, it feels sure. like what is it? Does this room feel clubby to you? Um, I think that when I've done this show I've wished I've had harder more straightforward yeah. jokes because I think those do tend to wor- work better, but I do feel like that with every every pretty much every gig outside of like the alt rooms right. in <laughs> New York. I think I'm like, wow, I wish I had some dang jokes. I think that it's like in order to, for people to really respond to those alt type jokes, you have to just train them, you know, yes. you have to cultivate the audience to be ready for that all the time. And, yes. and you know, you, there's definitely places that do that. But um, I also think that like just by like, by filling this room, like by booking this room with like some comics like me and yeah. some comics like whoever, right? Like if you do this wide range, like you're doing, mm-hmm. you're ultimately training them, the audiences, to be like expecting anything, which is yeah. I think that's ideal for well, a book. I'm trying to like, I want the, I want the crowd to like the comic, you know, yes. most of all. Well, sure, that's so yep, and that's so a big one. Like. I, I like likable comics. Yeah. And uh, and I think that if someone is li- is likable on stage and is saying funny things, whether they're kind of 
whether they're unusual or whether they're traditional, I think people generally are accepting of that and have a good time. And so like that's kind of like basically nice just what I'm trying to do. Um, and I like really, I like really weird comedy. Like I love, you know, I love Dorian yeah, doing weird shit. Right. And um, but it is, it is a struggle for these crowds sometimes. I to think that's anywhere though. That yeah. I think people aren't going to see stand up every night, right? Because they're not psychopaths. Right, so like, right, right. <laughs> you know the think that you have to if you are going to do ulti stuff mm -hmm. you have to be prepared i think you're usually prepared to be like this is going to take some more minute yeah unless you're like famous yeah once that you're helps. famous then it, then i think you can do whatever sure. you want that helps you can just bit. do anything yeah it's really crazy to see people's reaction to famous people it's amazing they'll give you anything it's really they amazing. really will just but being but famous does not sound so so great yeah but do you, are you for that part that seems pretty nice do you think that there's a enough of an upside to it that you would be happy to be famous i don't think i will be famous i think i'm pretty pretty certain about that but i think that i uh like i think it's exciting to like s i think some of my friends could be really good at being famous uh -huh. and like i think that would be pretty cool to you know i think that i, I f it feels like right now that anyone that's like reasonably in like far into doing stand-up is one clip away from being famous uh, one do you think it works like that still yeah because i just think that you can put a clip out there and if it is if it locks in like jim jeffrey's like anti-gun yeah thing even though he was already obviously a successful headliner that you know that like really increased the awareness of him and made him a lot more famous. And I think that that kind of stuff can. That's like Pete Lee went viral after his Tonight Show set. Yeah, right. And then more people were coming out to his shows. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that can happen. And yeah. I, I don't. I think it could happen to you. I mean, who, I don't who think knows how, how? You know, you can't predict that stuff. I think maybe you have to go out at night more i think that's part of being famous is you have to be out you at gotta night, be out of the apartment <laughs> you know ready to stay awake after yeah, 9 45 right. i think that really helps people you know right plummet to the top you plum is that how you view it you, oh yeah so you think pure uh, plummet. someday you may be able to plummet to the top i think anybody can if they stay out late enough you yeah. know and they're <laughs> that's like uh yeah that's like trying to have sex at night you just keep staying out oh. later and later oh. trying to and i guess yeah ultimately you will but it'll be so tired and that's what you're doing in stand-up is you're just staying out later and <laughs> no, later into your life you're too tired to, to have find sex trying to find a career no <laughs> oh it sounds so bad yeah that's funny so i guess instead of we'll do instead of like what did you learn on the podcast mm -hmm. we can do what have you learned in your life from what doing stand-up oh i've learned oh i've learned to never make direct eye contact <laughs> just look right above the audience, oh, the audience? that's okay. my tip yeah that's, uh, that's my trick. that's my quick tip did you learn anything about yourself from doing stand-up? No, stand nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just the eye contact thing. Maybe that I don't want to look at people. That's yeah. what I learned. I, Yeah, I have uh, trouble with the eye contact also. I also learned to I, to be very aware of my zipper up and down. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I've had some moments where they've been down and I thought, this is the, the worst. And uh, 
Now I check. Yeah. Is that really embarrassing? I think so. I think it is pretty weird to see the um, the under things of a of person. Of the performer? Yeah. I guess so. One time I was watching a warm-up. Like, uh, it was a dress rehearsal of a variety show. Yeah. And this... this is, I'll, I'll leave you with this. <laughs> this is my closing <laughs> okay. story. I was watching these two dancers dancing. Uh-huh. Like, in a dress rehearsal. It was closed mo- set. It was just like we were all just like watching each other. Okay. One dancer did a cartwheel. Okay. And her labia popped out of her leotard. Ooh. And I was like, <laughs> and then it was just out when she got back to land. Okay. And then the other performer was like, you're out. And she just <laughs> tucked herself back in. Well, it was a dress rehearsal. But can you believe that she didn't run away onto a train? I don't know. It doesn't even seem that embarrassing to that, me. Oh, that is truly, that is the worst. That's the worst. If I saw that happen to somebody, I would not think any differently of them. Oh, I my, it was a 180 for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you couldn't, that they were a different, just in a different Completely different, yes. After that. Yeah. I thought this person that. is made of different things than me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you very much yep. for sharing yep, that. Yep, yep, yep. Do you have anything that you want to promote? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be wearing a leotard on stage for the next... That's good. Yep. Maybe if you wore a leotard under the jeans, that would just give you a ex- couple extra layers of Maybe protection. That's true. Maybe I will do that. And then if your flies down, no, nobody will be even yeah, able to tell. People say, that's a leotard. Yeah, give it a shot. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Sean. Well, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so much. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com.